from Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky, Blacklight Moon Productions presents Bluegrass Homefront. Bluegrass Homefront Season 2, Episode 7, for the week of March 7th, 2021. My name is Tiny Bryan, and I am your host. With me, as always, is Victor. Victor, how are you today, sir? I am fine, Tiny Bryan. Excellent to hear. It is a... Uh, it's been a beautiful weekend here in, it, here in Lexington. It really has. It's been nice. It's been a little cold, but that's okay. It's still the beginning of March, but it's been sunny and beautiful. We we managed to take a little early or uh, pre-spring road trip yesterday. We we'll, did. We'll we went, talk a little bit about that more. And uh, went to our hometown, so that's always good. Yep, went right up to the went right by uh, KSP Post Nine. Weirdly <laughs> enough, there you go. It's the most time I've ever spent in proximity to that building. We might have a little fancy talk a little later about the cops. Oh, you know, it all ties together. It does, doesn't it? So, yeah, we'll talk about our trip to to Pikeville, and Mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit about some some fancy talk. But before we get to any of that, we got to talk about sports. Ooh, okay. It's been a basketball week, folks. Well, I mean, we lost the first game, didn't we? Did we play? Earlier? I thought that was like last Saturday. Oh, well, yeah, not. that was last Saturday. But I guess we didn't play during the week. Yeah, time. I don't think. But we, still, though, we're, we're still coming off a loss. Yeah, it's it's been a hard year, but yeah. let's not focus on but the year. Let's focus on the week because it's been, been a good week. We tranched the crap out of uh, South Carolina to get, yeah. old, to get old Gamecocks cock-a-doodle-doo. It really feels like, you know, some alternate reality version of our team showed up down there. I know. And, it, and played a different kind of – played a different bunch of kids who were the same kids. It's weird. But I'm happy, and that's the perfect, you know. Yeah, and that's the perfect way to go into the SEC tournament, which starts probably for us on Thursday night. Starts on Thursday night. So there we go. With I mean, uh, Do you remember who we play? I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. So I've been. Well, little, now the brackets are out. I know. I've been a little busy this weekend. <laughs> Would you like for me to look it up? Sure. I mean, but continue talking. While though. you're doing that, we'll also talk about the Ohio Valley Conference, which uh, featured a matchup between EKU who Eastern Kentucky University, who had won the most games in their conference this season, and Moorhead State University, who had also won their most conference games ever in their co- this season. They uh, had a t- they they matched up later earlier last or last week, mm-hmm. and Moorhead State has has emerged victorious as Go. the winner of the Ohio Valley Conference. Go Moorhead! I'm I'm excited. That's with my- a. And that's, with a bid to the uh, NCAA tournament. That's my alma mater, so I'm always excited for Moorhead. Go Absolutely. Eagles. Who doesn't love Moorhead? Yeah. One of the one of the great music towns in the state. It really is. We, <clears throat> excuse me, had some good artists from there. And, um, you know, we'll be in Moorhead again. That's where Doc's at. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been there. So so do we know who we're playing on Thursday? Oh. Um, <laughs> he forgot well, his you, job. I, you, no, I didn't. Let's see. Wow, they finished. Nine and thir- nine and fifteen overall, as a, and they'll enter the SEC tournament as a number eight seed. And their first game comes Thursday at one p.m. against Mississippi State. That's one central. That's noon here in most no, of the states. No, it says one p.m. ET. That means Eastern time. Oh so. well, they must have moved it then. I think it was originally supposed to be noon. Oh, that's noon. Good. Okay, well. No, that's better. So, so there you are. If they if they win that game, which you know Mississippi State was the game there where. Uh, What's his name? Dante Allen lit up, and uh, they mm-hmm. won in overtime. So we'll see. And I guess the winner of that will probably get Alabama. Correct. So that's where we're really going to see if we're going to get to go to the NCAA tournament. Right. 
So we'll see. Sounds like fun. But we're really excited for Moorhead. Yeah. You know, I, I spent some time at Moorhead. You know, you actually uh, graduated from there. I, I did. I uh, love Moorhead. I love Moorhead. It's a, it's a wonderful little town. And my mother graduated from Moorhead as well. So. Yep. So, uh, yeah, love Moorhead. Great town. Great school. Congratulations, guys. And we're cheering you on in March Madness. So, uh, and like I said, now straight ahead, we do have our first artist spotlight interview. Uh, mm -hmm which is where we will talk to JT Word. He was good enough to come here to the studio, talk to us about his, his life and music, had some great things to say, and then played us a song. Yeah. So, so we'll hear that a little later, but at first we're going to have some rain. She was out glistening and walking a hot road And you were sweating in the shed Manic with a radio Ride in the dials till you find The tune that matched the pace of her march Through the afternoon to a black And blue new morning But she just can't handle the memories She's about to make You always said comedies, tragedy plus time Well, I would get lost in the melody she'd find Seem to move me and you in the trees Cut me down till I had shoes on my knees I was humble to silence for once Hit the harmonies You always hit the harmonies To the thoughts in my mind You were making ends meet At a new beginning And she watched her blood Running down the kitchen cabinets Pale white as the helping hand Brought down the blade Hardened eyes Turning away Hers were steady Buried and cold 
Nothing good always ends in a fight Am I letting time pass me by? It's too late now Cause I just don't know what I believe Take me down So I can see just what I need It's only my fears That make me keep losing my way No
Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor with Tiny Brian. Hey. So in that first round of music, we heard Fate McAfee with Orchards in the Rain, followed by The Lockaways, Losing My Way, and The Graveyard Romeos with Disappear. You know, when I was a teenager, I used to go to Lockaways at my uh, church. Really? Yeah, they'd take all the youth in, lock up the doors, and we'd stay there all night and run <laughs> around in our socks, you know. Okay. That's it's a weird, I just like the band name. It's oh, a good okay. Name. You like the name Lockaways? Yeah. But yeah, the Lockaways is a, is a wonderful young woman, uh, Heather Parrish, and she is partnered with Adam Saunderson. So they're, they're pretty good. I think little, I've heard that name, Adam Saunderson, before, haven't uh, I? Apparently, he, he leads a couple of bands here in town called the Slams and not Leeds, but he's part of with right. the strip and strip district. I strip have it. district. Yeah, I guess we, that's Winchester we, Road here in town. Maybe I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but I haven't played in them yet. But I will reach out to them hopefully, and uh, we'll well I will reach out to them. But hopefully they'll respond, and uh, we'll hear them soon. Excellent. We do love hearing new music here on Bluegrass Homefront. Mm-hmm. That's approximately forty five percent of what we're here for. And you know, speaking of new music, uh, J T. Word like he he's just a guy that just kind of. The, Decided he's going to play some guitar, and he actually has some pretty good songs. He's mm-hmm. turned out to be a pretty good songwriter, so uh, we were thrilled to have him come in and talk yeah. to us. And a fascinating story. There, oh, yeah, there's no, no and every musician, you know, we could interview every musician in the state, mm-hmm. and, and they would all have a, you know, there, there's always interesting stories to be had there. Well, yeah, yeah, there's always interesting stories when it comes to musicians, for sure. All right, so let's go into that interview with uh, Lexington musician J.T. Word. All right. All right, welcome to Bluegrass Homefront. Today we are joined by Lexington musician J.T. Word. J.T., welcome. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. We're glad to have you here. So uh, how long have you been playing music in, in Lexington? Well, so I'm a drummer first. Uh, mm-hmm. I've played drums since I was a teenager, but it's only in the last, since I moved back to Kentucky um, seven or eight years ago that I started taking music more, well, I started taking guitar more seriously, and I was... You know, learning to play, learning to sing, learning to write songs. So it's all pretty new for me by comparison. But I played drums since I was 15. So so you grew up here in Kentucky? Yeah, I grew up um, on the edge of Barron and Metcalf counties. So about 40 minutes from Bowling Green in a place nobody's ever heard of called Black Dot. Black Dot. Black Dot. I love that name. That's a great name. name. There's, there's two things in Black Dot. There's my parents' house, and there's a church next door, and that's that's it. Is it the Black Dot Baptist Church? That Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the explanation, it's um, it's an African-American church, oh, okay. ah. which I'm pretty sure is partly where the name of the street. Really? Of the wow. Road comes from, but, huh. Yeah. Interesting. They're just, you know, rural Kentucky. There aren't that many African-American. Mm-hmm. No. That's, like, so churches. was that a black community back in the day or something? Well, I don't really know. The funny thing is, like, probably two miles away, there's another, like, African-American church. And so I don't know if one, like, separate, you know how churches go in mm-hmm. Kentucky? They split, yeah. Somebody gets mad at somebody else, and the next thing you know, there's another church down the road. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the history to be honest. So. But so, so out in western Kentucky, we'll say yeah, uh, so. it's the south central part of the state for sure. Interesting. And grew up playing the drums. Yep. Yep. So have you played some drums in some bands or? or? Yeah, I I played in a. I've kind of moved around a lot and lived all over. But I, I lived in Louisville for a few years and I played with a band there and we we toured a lot. You know, we played the West Coast and played on a beach in Delaware one time. I mean, just, you know, all just over. Everywhere. Right, right. And that was uh, that was a lot of fun, but it's also 
I, I, you know, for the the touring musician life is a crazy life, and if you if you kind of love the people you're playing with, but you kind of hate them at the same time, and like people have substance abuse problems and all of this, it makes for a crazy chaotic mix, and eventually it was just unsustainable. I just couldn't do it anymore, so I. I ended up getting out of that that situation. So is that so. what took you out of Kentucky originally, playing music? No, I actually, I lived in Germany for a while. I was a contractor for the United States Army for a mm -hmm. while. And then when my contract was up, they were closing the base where I lived, which was absolutely the best place to live in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have enough seniority to go anyplace cool, so they were going to send me, you know, someplace I didn't want to go if sure. I tried to stay. So I, I just came back here. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. And I had lots of college friends in the area, um, so I went to college at Berea. So. I was getting ready to ask you where you went to college at. So you went to Berea. I did. I we did. we found a, a wealth of music there and, and art and just all kinds of cool stories in Berea. So It's a creative place, man. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people doing interesting stuff. Yeah. And it's, yeah, every time, we, every time we scratch about any small town in Kentucky, we seem to find either a bunch of creative people or a bunch of fun weirdos one way or the other. We have a, <laughs> we have a soft spot for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my favorite kind of people yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how would you describe your music? So I think I'm constantly evolving like most people who play, and it depends a lot on just, you know, I'll have this stretch of time where I write lots, lots of songs that are kind of, traditional they have kind of a, a country sort of structure and chords and and that kind of sound i mean i've i've got an accent i'm from kentucky it's hard to remove some of that like uh the, those you know i grew up on kenny rogers and conway twitty so mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time i like a lot of really weird sort of uh quirky fuzzy garage rock kind of stuff so i also do stuff that has more you know, just just straight up rock and roll, like growly voice and, and mm -hmm. all that, too. So it's sort of there's a you know, there's a bit of a spectrum there, I guess, for what I do. It seems like Kentucky often has that dichotomy between like the hardcore traditional country and uh, metal, basically. Yeah. Just just how hard can you make it versus how many steel guitars can you put in the song? <laughs> right, seems, right. There doesn't seem, or a mandolin. There doesn't seem to be a, a, much of a middle ground, but there's a lot of, lot of edge ground in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with stuff that, that is, too traditional. I, I don't know. For me personally, I feel like, I, it's got to be my voice, and to do anything that's too like, typical and sounds too. I don't want to accuse anybody else of being cliche, but I, I just really hate anything that comes across as like cliche. So mm -hmm. I, I probably steer clear of any, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, the the domain that stretches into you know something. So you said you've been writing some songs, right? Yeah, I've been writing for a few years, and uh, I've started recording an album this year. So. Um, some of those songs will be some of the oldest songs I wrote, and some of those songs will be some of the most recent songs I've written, too. Thank so if you. our listeners are looking for you on the, on the Internet, can they find – are you on social media? Do you have a website? Where, where, can, where would we send our, our listeners? There's a Facebook page, which is just JT Word. Um, you know, you can check out – I'll be updating people about when the album is, is due. I've got a band camp, but there's only one song on there, which is kind of like a – 
a really raw basement recording. But if you want to hear some gritty, nasty rock and roll, <laughs> go check it out. Okay. I'm always <laughs> up for gritty, nasty <laughs> rock and roll, honestly. So, uh, JT Word on Facebook. Yep. Instagram or just Facebook for now? Well, Instagram. Got to get down with the kids, JT. Man, I, I know, except, like, um, here's a little uh, PSA on for web designers and people building apps and whatnot. I use uh, text-to-speech software. Otherwise, like, computers, smartphones mm-hmm. would just sure. not be accessible to me. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't build that, even though there are universal design principles that would allow all this technology to be accessible with screen readers, people don't build them to that code. And so, like, Instagram is totally unusable for a visually impaired. Well, that's huh. awful. Yeah. That's interesting. No, I'm, so, I mean, that's awful, but that's interesting, though, that they, they've left that out like that, as big as a platform as that is. And it's it's totally unnecessary because all the, all the like I say, the universal design principles are, are there. there. Yeah, it's just people the, ignore it. And the accessibility features are built into your all the devices now, so it yeah. can read and, and you can do it. It's not a problem. Well, that's... Well, but they can see you on Facebook yeah. and on Bandcamp, <laughs> yeah. JT yeah. Word. So just Justin Timberlake Word, basically. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, don't knock him like that, though. Hey, he's another Kentuckian now. I know, I know. So JT Word, and you're going to play a song for us, right? Sure. Are we ready? Yeah. Yep. You got it. Right. We this are is, recording. So. This is called Everybody Thinks. Everybody thinks my problem is that I can't see them. They expect me to fall and then I'd have to crawl It wouldn't work for them But baby, it's more complicated Look in the mirror every day See myself looking further away Just beg that face to stay
God who wants an answer Something as easy as watching TV But life ain't good about making sense It's the one goddamn thing I can't see I'm gonna sail
Welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. This is Victor Kiriakis. No, not really. It's just Victor with Tiny Brian. And I'm, uh, I, I don't know. Victor there, Kiriakis. There's no, there's no. Victor Kiriakis was one of my weird nicknames you tried to give me when I was a kid. It didn't stick. So, and you know. I'm Brian the dog from Family Guy. You are. Because that's the only Brian that's. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of sort of famous. Yeah. Yeah. There's several famous Victors. But anyway, so in that last set of music, we heard. JT Word with Everybody Thinks, followed by Agents of Change with a Divine Karama solo called Third Eyed Wide, and last but not least, Downtrend with Wasted. Glad to hear Downtrend and Divine back with us this yeah, season. Yeah, so. And thanks again to JT Word for joining us here in studio and recording for us. That was, was a great experience. It was a great experience, and JT was a, a really cool guy, so yeah. we appreciate him coming in. Looking forward, we got to get we got to get more artists in here. So oh, we will. Oh yeah, we got some things scheduled. We got some well, things coming up. We got, people. got some things coming on. I'm telling you. But uh, coming up though, we did go back to our hometown of Pikeville, Kentucky, this, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, yes, uh, this weekend, and uh, got my. Tattoo that didn't heal correctly before, and it was my first tattoo, and it'd been there a little while, and it was a little faded and a little eh. <laughs> so I went and kind of got it uh, straightened up a little bit by a wonderful artist named Richie Bartley from uh, Sacred Mountain Tattoos in Pikeville there. And, and of course, you can check our Instagram or Facebook to see that, or Twitter even, to see that picture. And, and Sacred Mountain has some really good tattoo artists in it, and uh, some some. Buddies of mine that I met when they were much younger lads, so I'm I'm glad to see that they've made well. Yeah, some uh, some some boys from back home made good. Yeah, so yeah, they're doing well there. Very nice, clean shop there at Sacred Mountain, mm-hmm. and right there in Pikeville, as I said earlier, right there by uh, the state police post. Literally, so, right they almost share a parking yeah, lot with almost. Them. <laughs> you could park in the parking lot, but I wouldn't. So I said something uh, about that, like to deal when I walked in, and they're like, "Oh, what you in trouble?" Just kind of, you know, throw you off guard or whatever. That's funny. Yeah. Now, Richie has a little bit of internet fame. He, he does. did a very famous tattoo. He he specializes in portraits. Mm-hmm. And you've got kind of a, a, a woman there, but it's not really a portrait. It's not a portrait, no. But uh, he, he pretty famously did a portrait of Betty White. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous, you know. Well, greatest. It, it showed up on the uh, Jimmy Kimmel show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel actually was going to have Betty White on the show. Right, and so as a bit, he brought the, he brought the person who got the tattoo on Jimmy Kimmel, right. so that Betty White could actually inspect the portrait herself. Right, and right. it's a pretty fa- it's a pretty funny clip. I'm pretty sure we can post that YouTube onto our socials as well one day this week. So okay. keep an eye out for that. Okay, but uh, so we talk about that with Richie and and the you know the perils of being a small business owner through Plague World and and still being a small business owner in the mountains and and all of that and had a pretty great conversation uh, right there in the tattoo parlor so you're going to hear some noises mm-hmm. don't some, let that bother you too some much music and the bzzz, yeah. yeah there's lots of buzzing yeah. so that's just a tattoo parlor well and uh, but we had a great little conversation we wanted to share it with you here here let's go into our conversation with tattoo artist Richie Bartley all right. So, Richie, how long have you been doing tattoo work? Uh, full-time. I started in 06. I've been tattooing close to 15 years altogether. Um, there was a year and a half to two years prior to that. I was kind of on and off, but, yeah, full-time 06. I guess you've been doing art even longer, though, right? All my life. That's all I've known. So, you, uh, on your art, is it more like drawings, paintings? Uh, mostly, I mean... Mostly drawings. drawings. Um, I, I do a little bit of art. I, I work. I was gonna say, do you do work? Do you do like, art beyond you like, know, skin art? Yeah, I, I you know, um, I do some acrylic painting, canvas stuff. Um, 
like to, aside from tattooing, I like restoring like old toys. You know, I've, sure. I've kind of got into that, and that's been kind of... like old, like, Transformers and He-Man, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Star Wars, you know, sure. G.I. Joe's, you know. Is that your Mandalorian Absolutely, it is. Yeah, I almost so, took it as a bounty. I'm show sure. him your uh, cupboard. <laughs> show him your cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically... I got tattoos of stuff that uh -huh. I grew up with, you know. Yeah, there's Cobra Commander contemplating world domination, and Darth. down below him is... Darth You've got kind of a legion of doom growing on your right arm there. He said our friend Haywood done that. One. Yeah, Haywood done that. John oh, Haywood done the. Yeah, uh, he's been on the show too. He was. He played some banjo for us. John Haywood's a great guy. I worked with him for about a year. So, uh, when you do portraits, are do you find yourself doing more celebrities, uh, dead grandmas? You know, what what kind of <laughs> do you do family members? Do you do celebrities? Babies. What, what do you, yeah, babies. What what kind of portraits are you doing most Is of the time? As of recently, it's mostly like celebrities, you know, uh, char ca characters from movies and stuff like that. But, you know, I do, I do get family members that have passed and stuff like that. What's the coolest? What's, what, do you, what do you like to do? Like, when, they, when somebody comes in and says, Richie, you do what you want to do, what do you like to do? If I could do horror portraits, I would do that all day. Really? Um, horror portraits? Yeah. Like Freddy Krueger? Yeah, absolutely. All day, every day. I, I wouldn't care. Interesting. I'd, I'd probably never get tired of doing that. What would be the most interesting one of those? Uh, like, what would be my favorite character? Like, sure, or, yeah. To draw. from. Uh, well, I mean, Freddy, Freddy Krueger is probably always... I mean, know, yeah, that's the most interesting. Yeah, He's got yeah. a lot of stuff going on yeah. there. So. I mean, I actually have a, a Freddy tattoo myself, so... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Richie here likes a lot of the uh, like cartoon stuff. Well, uh, well yeah. I mean, we all do, but yeah. I was going to say, have you met me? <laughs> I love horror movies. I love, uh, you know, like fantasy Star Wars. Uh, sure. You know, a lot of 80s nostalgia stuff is my, my thing, too. So. so, let me think a second here. I want to say we're at Sacred Mountain. Oh well, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably edit this in a little. Bit. So tell where? So tell me a little more about your shop. Um, like you know, Sacred Mountain, and it's where's we're here in Colerun. Yeah, right? we're Colerun. It's uh, just outside of Pikeville, city of Pikeville. Um, we've been here three years now. Um, so so I, I noticed that you're you're here by State Police Post Nine. Yes. Uncomfortably close for my business, for my feeling. <laughs> they asked me, I was like, man, you guys are right across the police station. They was like, they was like are you in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask Do if you that mind? ever caused any problems. If no, you guys... no, actually, I mean, it's it's actually worked in our benefit. I mean, like. I guess that does kind of make yeah. people think twice before coming in here to start trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, we don't really get that. So, I mean, we don't get people coming in, you know, messed up and stuff. I mean. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, the we people. Don't, most of the people we deal with are serious about getting, you know, getting tattooed. But any yeah. cops ever come in here? Um, really, no. I mean, as far as like in Kentucky police officers, no, we don't really get any of those. Like I said, I was telling you earlier, uh, a lot of my clientele come from West Virginia. <clears throat> so uh, most, actually, I mean, I a lot of uh, Mingo County police officers, I've, I've tattooed. Probably the whole sheriff's department over there, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, like, I guess now that it's just a 10-minute drive over to West Virginia from here, it, that makes it a little easier. Yeah. yeah. 
But, yeah, that's most of my clientele, oddly enough, is from West Virginia. So, so uh, I, I have to imagine Plague World has had something of a damper on the work you do here. Maybe less now than um, at earlier times. Well, um, you know, there was three months that we were shut down. Sure. And then we opened back up, and, you know, I, I kind of figured that, in the summer, back in the summer, when did you actually get to reopen? Uh, honestly, I th- let's see, March, around. I think it was June. I think we opened up around June. I can't. I can't remember an exact day, but um, once we opened back up, I, I thought you know where everything was still reasonably fresh, that people were going to be afraid to come out. You know, especially just to get tattooed. You know, I mean, it's sure. not like a necessity. But we opened up, man. People were ready to be out of the house. Yeah. yeah. You know, You're the second tattoo parlor I've been in, and I haven't had a tattoo any time, either yeah. time. So. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 not been that bad. Um, once you got to actually reopen. Once we got that, those three months that we were shut down, though, I mean, it, near the end, it, it got a little got a little tight on money. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you're back open now, and it, like I said, I've been uh, watching from a social distance today, and y'all do seem to be coming along nicely, so we're always glad to see that, and we, mm-hmm. we, we are always in support of Kentucky businesses. So, so uh, assuming that the plague world doesn't pop up and smack us again this summer, you got any plans? Are you going to be out to conventions? or? Uh, I, I would hope. I, I hope so. Um, I feel like unless stuff really calms down i mean there'll there'll be a lot of restrictions on that but sure um i hope you know i hope we get to do that end of the year we should be starting to hopefully get back to normal yeah, I here feel, so. I, I feel i feel so all right well richie where can people have a look at your work and maybe maybe reach out about an appointment richie bartley uh, on instagram it's richie underscore bartley um, Facebook, I've got two Facebooks. Uh, Richie Bartley Tattoos is where you can message me and you know about any kind of tattoo questions. But uh, my personal page, just Richie Bartley. You can any of those pages has got plenty of my tattoos. Um, the shop Facebook, it's uh, Sacred Mountain Tattoos. It's a great name, by the way. Where did you come up with the name? Well, we had. Uh, one of the co-owners here, he had started a camp out with, uh, with everybody here. And, you know, we was get, bringing in artists from out of town, you know, to just to go. We had a place here that we'd go camp just on top of a mountain, you know, just. Like just 40 acre field kind of situation. Just a, bunch of, just a bunch of artists, you know, just to get to know everybody and just kind of hang out and, you know, do our thing. <clears throat> um, so once, once we quit the, the previous shop we worked for, it just kind of like. We use that idea, Sacred Mountain. You know, that's that's. Kind so of, you guys literally went up on a mountain and decided to start a tattoo shop. Yeah, basically. That's pretty, yeah, that's basically. pretty great. <laughs> and they were on Sacred Mountain. That was it. You know, yeah. Excellent. So yeah, this is a great place. We recommend everybody come out. And Victor just got him a tattoo here. And sure Richie, did. we were ha- happy to meet you today. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Bluegrass Homefront. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Richie. Thanks. Yeah. And welcome back to Bluegrass Homefront. Tiny Brian still here with Victor. Hey. What a great interview. That was a great time. That oh, was with, a, with Richie. Richie's mm-hmm. a really cool guy, man. He he's a 
he's interesting. He he's got a little bit of an interesting turn about him, and he he's a really cool like. Uh, he's, I don't know. He's just a cool guy. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yep. And uh, a lot of fun with that conversation, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's get into a little bit of fancy talk. All right. So we're going to have some fancy talk. And as Brian likes to tell you before, you know, fancy talk, we got the name from the uh, Fancy Farm. It is Fancy Farm, It right? is, in fact, Fancy it's Farm. It's the uh, yearly, like, barbecue they have with the Democrats and Republicans and all the, uh, uh, you know, the Lots of leading, leading, poli- leading politicians in the state of Kentucky get together and... Uh, you know, they talk about things and do some mock talk, and they make fun of each other, and it's all in good fun, really. And, they, and, and raise money for the Catholic and, diocese down there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is that what they do? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's a cool thing. So we call our little segment Fancy Talk. When we want to talk about a little uh, Kentucky politics. So today we want to talk about Senate Bill 211. What's Senate Bill 211, Victor? So it's a bill that, that proposes that it will become a crime to insult, taunt, insult or taunt a police officer, officer during a a riot. Well, interesting. And I mean, a, and the max sentence on that is three months in jail. Three months in jail. Yeah. Wow. So that's a <laughs> that's a real life interrupter, and plus you get a, a record for it. Yeah. So, so uh, the 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 bill is actually being sponsored by Republican that Senator David Carroll from here in Kentucky. He's re- also a retired police officer. So that kind of tells you something a little bit there. Sure. Yeah. So, but so, I mean, I can understand from a certain you know I can understand not wanting to be insulted or taunted. But, you know, in the same way that nurses kind of know they're getting into a a situation where they're going to be in some terrible situations and have to deal with some people in some terrible mm -hmm. in some terrible places in their lives. You might get called some names. You might get called and you might get some things happen that you don't want to have happen. And nurses kind of that's why we you know, that's what makes them so great. And all the healthcare workers, they know what they're getting into with that. Right. Same thing with cops. Cops And and cops are wearing a badge. I mean, that kind of I mean, you put that you choose to make that that your profession and that's your job. And when you put that on, you know, as things are set up because of the drug war and stuff here, people are scared of cops to start with. So, I mean, you get people on nerves, they're going to call you some names, and you can't be, I don't think you should be charged for that. And, you know, the drug war is is such an impetus to so much of the, right there with, I mean, the fact that police officers date back to returning captive slaves to their owners. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, and then and, and, that was the start, and then what has poisoned it even further is the drug war yeah. you know yeah i mean we this to me this is this kind of a bill is going backwards like you know it's like with the whole no knock warrant like why did it ever become a thing of course of course you should knock on the damn door ain't nobody should have the right to kick in your door you know what i mean like if you're serving a, a warrant or whatever remember better make sure you're in the right place and all that stuff but you still don't give the right to kick in the door no, I agree. You know, so, and there's and so I could should, possibly see it like if there's a hostage situation or if people's lives are at stake. There, there's but always for, circumstances. But, but for drugs, for any kind, you know, knocking no. in to look for drugs, you can't come, come in the morning. <laughs> or don't come at all because it's just drugs well, yeah, and people come, are going to do them anyway and stop the drug war. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, we, we, are, we are not fans of the drug war in general here. We think it is the root of a lot of problems. Yep. The fact that we pee people who have substance abuse problems as criminals mm-hmm. instead of patients right. who need medical assistance. And it gives and it makes cops bad. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it makes cops. It, it opens the door for corruption mm-hmm. It oh, and it, it, it gives them so much to do. Like, you know, right. cops, it, they, they, they have to, because that's an unpatrollable thing. You mm-hmm. cannot stop people from getting intoxicated. Right. And if you, and you know, if you really wanted to do something about 
immigration and do something about the gar- drug cartels, you know, south of us that are ruining those countries and making people flee. So, you know, mm-hmm. it goes on and on and on. So let's stop the fucking drug war. Yeah, at, at our behest. Yeah. That those, those countries are being destroyed, trying to root out f- criminals right. that we've invented. Right. That's the thing that kills me is that we we just invent these criminals. Mm-hmm. That they they were you know these are people trying that's got a market to do a thing and want to do it, mm-hmm. but that's not what we're doing. Right. We are we have turned them into criminals, right. and we we know from the experiment of prohibition with alcohol in the twenties right. and in the temperance that that does not work. It, it just never created works. a whole mob. That immediately sort of went away as soon as we took care to as soon as we repealed that amendment. Right. So yes, bluegrass bluegrass home front firmly on the side of stopping the drug war. Stop the drug war. Yes. So that's fancy talk today. All right. So tell us how people can reach out to us today, Brian. Well, you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms. You just search for Bluegrass Homefront Podcast, except for Twitter. Because it's too long for Twitter, so you just got to do B, got to do our initials mm-hmm. BGHF podcast, right. and you'll find us there. Uh, you can in, you can uh, you know find the things we post. You can interact. You can send us messages there. We do monitor those inboxes. But if you do have questions, comments, concerns, complaints, threats, whatever you got, you can always email those to us. And Victor, what is our email address? Feedback at bluegrasshomefront.com. Hey, he's got it down now, folks. All right. All right. So, yes, email us anytime at bluegrasshomefront.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and on our homepage at bluegrasshomefront.com. There's a little box at the top where you can review us. And those are the plugs. Bluegrass Homefront is produced by me, Tiny Brian, with Victor Anderson, who is our music supervisor. Malachi Woodard is our associate producer and editor. Uh, we offer special thanks, as we do every week, to Catherine Leon Anderson and, of course, Michael Trent. And uh, that's it. That's yeah. So until next time, this is Tiny Brian for Victor, reminding you that the blinking light is only me. Beware, rabbits. <laughs>